today on the Italian radio show, Easter time in Italy, with news, guests, music, and Italian phrases to help you celebrate, including crazy rules for Italian Catholics. All this and more coming right up on West Coast Italian radio. Hello, folks. Welcome to the West Coast Italian Radio Network, bringing you the Italian radio show. I'm your host, Tony Lestala, with the lovely Marzia Caputo from Vincenzi, Italia. Hey, Marzia, how you doing there? Hello. Ciao a tutti. Yes? Yeah. Say hi. Hello. Ciao a tutti. Pretty nice. You know, I mean, you're practically Swiss. I mean, you're way the hell up north. I mean, you know. I'm like home now. I can say that. Okay? It looks good. It looks good there. I like that. I like that. Okay? Folks, we are broadcasting today at KMET 1490 AM out of Palm Springs. You may be listening to us all around the country through our ABC affiliate. We are part of the ABC News Radio Network. And, uh, you know, we got a great show for you today. Um, I might add, if you cannot pick us up on your local station or uh, if you're not in our immediate broadcast area, you can always go to our website at WCIR.biz. Just remember the acronym for West Coast Italian Radio, WCIR.biz. There's some buttons at the top of the page there. Click to the one that says Stream Us. And, you know, if you're listening to us 4 o'clock in the afternoon Pacific time on a Monday, you can listen to the show live there anywhere in the world. But what's even better is, you know, if you're at work or whatever, you can listen to the show. You can hear us 24-7 by going to that same page, WCIR.biz. There's a link there that says Archives. Listen to all of our shows for the last six years in archives there, including this week's show, because as soon as we're done broadcasting it, literally, we put it right up in the archives. It's available there. Please share with all your friends and family all over the world, because, uh, you know, the more people we can reach, the more we feel like we're really, uh, you know, here to do a service for the Italian culture, the Italian community. So, Marcia, how are you doing today? Great. I'm really excited, because, like I say, we are in April, and... We here we are in ABC in April. Yeah, you know, I'm mean, right. excited to do this. Our first ABC show, in fact. Well, you know, then let's start right out like we always do with our shows with Un Pezzo di Italia, some Italian news, folks. And these are real stories we bring you every week. Uh, when it comes to Italian news, frankly, the facts are much more interesting than fiction is. So we're going to start right off. This is a story that comes to us from the Northwest, from our Italian-American friends up in uh, the Seattle area. Borkini's Bakery. And I've been to Borkini's many times. Borkini's, an Italian-American destination for a century, is closed for good. Another one of these stories that has happened here with the COVID pandemic of a great business has been around for decades and decades, not being able to survive going out of business, okay? After nearly 100, I know, I mean, it's it's very sad. We have many friends with Italian businesses around the world that have had this, and we feel badly about it. After nearly 100 years in business selling spectacular, vividly decorated cakes for weddings and office parties, Seattle's beloved Ramo Borkini's Bakery and Mediterranean Market announced it was closed for good. The, the pandemic has taken down yet another business, and this one really strikes Italians particularly hard, uh, especially those in the Northwest. Now, this bakery, folks, is a classic story, okay? 
of an immigrant made good. Okay, it was stored in 1923 in the basement of a Seattle home by Mario Borchini, okay, a baker who got here from Tuscany, okay, right off the boat, okay, and uh, it became the go-to place for bread just out of the oven, okay, not only for bread, but also for takeout spaghetti, and for Italian pastries you just could not find anywhere else, okay, and mamma mia, let me tell you about these Italian cakes for weddings, for birthdays, they were like Unbelievable. They were like nothing you've ever tasted. And, you know, I, I remember for years and years I got cakes from Borkinis. Absolutely loved them for every family event we had. And they were very, very good about uh, with the, the, the La Stella Foundation. Whenever we were doing fundraisers, they always donated cakes and other things to the fundraisers. So we're really going to miss these people. So Mario Borkini, who started the bakery, again, almost 100 years ago, like it'd be 100 years ago, like in two years, he had three sons that, you know, when, when he passed away, they continued the bakery for him. Uh, the only surviving son, Ramo Borkini, okay, who was my personal friend, he's now 90 years old. And here's what he said. He says, you know, up until 2019, they were doing 150 birthday cakes a day, every wow. day, okay, and 110 wedding cakes every weekend. So on any given day, if you're in Seattle, up to 13,780 people would be eating cakes from Borkinis, okay? And like, you know, it happened to so many businesses last year, the pandemic closed everything down. There were no parties, no events, no gatherings, and it was just devastating to the business. Um, you know, they had their choice. They could have gone in debt, but, you know, the family refused to accumulate debt. And as Borkini said, Italians don't believe in debt. We've never had a debt in this building for 85 years, and they're not going to start now, okay? Um, I tell you what, since they announced their closure. It's what I was saying. It makes me so upset because for this, like, down, look how many restaurants. I know, I know. And really, look, 100 years? 100 years, okay? And they've had, within five hours of announcing their closure on Facebook, they had over a 1,000 comments. Think about a 1,000 comments, okay? Um, and, and really, you know, uh, what's, what's equally as sad is there used to be this thriving and vibrant little community of Little Italy in Seattle, and there's simply no Italian businesses left there anymore. I mean, even O'Boy o- o- Oberto, the sausage company that started there, they're gone uh, after selling their brand to uh, to a Canadian company in 2018, so um, you know it's just a really a sad thing. Uh, we just hate to announce these type of stories, you know. Especially because one thing, you know, Italian living here in America, you miss home. So those places are really special for us, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. We can taste the smell that we can go there speak Italian, and now one. Is gone. You Absolutely. feel really sad. Yeah. You feel like a funeral, kind of, because we're Italian Americans too, because our culture is slowly yeah. just, you know, waning away here, you know. So now let's get on a positive subject because this show today, of course, this is Easter week. So this is our Italian Easter show. And what better way than to talk about this? We got an article from an online newspaper called Wanted in Rome that came out the 21st of March, just a couple of days ago. It says, Naples celebrates Dante with a giant Easter egg, okay? 
So this Dante Easter egg is like two meters high and contains 300 kilograms of chocolate. Oh, I wish. So this I is like a huge egg. I mean, this egg is like you know, 10 feet big and it like, you know, has like, you know, about 100 pounds of chocolate, 150 pounds of chocolate in it. It's hey, a big yeah. egg. I love it. It's the dream. Every Italian will love this egg chocolate. Come on now. But says, Naples <laughs> continues to celebrate the 700th anniversary of Dante Alighieri, the father of the Italian language in its own unique way. After creating for Christmas time, many Dante figurines, the southern Italian city is now devoting an oversized Easter tradition, a big egg to the Supreme Poet uh, and it has uh, been created by the Gay Odin Factory in Napoli. Uh, this is a huge, like I say, two meters high Easter egg, de- decorated, decorated with decorated. a portrait of Dante Alighieri, right under the, you know, so he's there. You can see him right there on, on the side of the egg. Uh, it was it's a surprise alone. inside? Huh? It's a surprise inside? I don't know what's inside. I used to know his <laughs> pictures on the outside with some verses from uh, the Divine Comedy, which is what he wrote. It says, after, um, for 30, for, well, for 30 years, on the occasion of Easter, they have always dedicated a giant egg to a, an Italian, you know, a great Italian who has accomplished something in history, okay? The factory's owner, Marcia Del Vecchio, uh, said this year the choice, of course, was Dante Alighieri, which marks the 700th, the 700th anniversary of Dante's death, uh, which takes place on March 25th, or took place, which is a couple of days ago. Nice. So I thought that was a pretty cool thing, nice. you know, nice. more, uh, like celebrating, kind of kicking off our thing of Easter, you know? I like it. Why not? It's really, especially when you talk about this, chocolate and this puzzle yeah. for Dante Alighieri. What? You can't complain. I love that. Yeah, so. people don't realize how much Italians love chocolate. I mean, you know, we always hear about the Swiss chocolate and this and that. But come on, you know, um, the Italian chocolates are gourmet. They're world famous Italian chocolates. You know, right. forget about them. They're the best. Hey, if I can put on the vein, I will do it. <laughs> Especially my Nutella. It's my favorite chocolate. So well, Nutella now technically is not a chocolate. You know that. That's like made out of like almonds or some other stuff. I mean, it's, but I mean, no, I, I hear you, you know. Uh, the industry is Ferrero who make the Nutella. It's still hazelnuts. That's how it's chocolate. It's still good. Don't offend All right, it. all right. Well, folks, we're going to be right back after this short break with a special word from our sponsors with a lot more of West Coast Italian Radio bringing you the Italian radio show on the ABC News Radio Network. Don't go away. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In the mid-90s, I bought a piece of land with a credit card check and built the very first micro distillery in the history of the state of Texas. Cheers. 80-proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Tito'sVodka.com. Hey, Dad, thanks for helping me cook this Italian meal. we got to pass down our family recipes. Your food is always so good. What's the secret? Having the best authentic ingredients, like the Cicernio sausage, for instance. Fresh cuts of meat with no preservatives. I remember what my friend Frank Cicernio said. All natural Italian sausages to make the perfect Italian meal. No wonder it tastes so good. Available in major supermarkets up and down the West Coast. Cicernio sausage. Visit Cicernio.com for recipes or to find a store near you. 
Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In the mid-90s, I bought a piece of land in Austin with a credit card check and built the very first micro distillery in the history of the state of Texas. I'd never built a still before, so I did some research and designed and built my own pot stills based on Prohibition-era bust photos I found in the library. I didn't know then that this was kind of the start of the American craft distilling movement right here in Austin, Texas. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Tito'sVodka.com. And we are back. You're listening to the West Coast Italian Radio. Tony, now is your segment, your favorite. Well, my segment's my, it's your segment. It's my favorite it's segment. Because I get to sit back while you present and eat and drink, you know. And I got some great Tito's vodka over here. I got a spritzer mm-hmm. that I made. Did you? Of course, this segment, our food segment, is brought to you every week by our great sponsor, Tito's Handmade mm-hmm. Vodka out of Austin, Texas. And uh, I got to tell you, Tito's is great for any party, any event you're doing. What I'm doing today with Tito's is I put some Tito's vodka here in my class with a little bit of Italian soda. I got this great Italian. um, Uh It's kind of like a a, um, grapefruit type of soda from Italy. And a little bit of Grand Marnier on top. But I'm feeling no pain, folks. I'm feeling really, really good. And I'm going to talk here. Well, I'm going to let you, Marcy, now tell us about... Uh, our special food items that we have for Easter. Well, yeah, we will discuss the different plates, you know, the serve from traditional Italian Easter. But, of course, we come back with the chocolate because, of course, it's the important thing that you see for kids to have for Easter. Every yeah, right. family in Italy, they buy this, um, you know, the Kinder little eggs. Well, it's bigger, like you say. It's a really big size. And yeah, so yeah. You can choose different type of chocolate with this eye and have a little surprise. So it was really exciting for kids to have this. I bought it for my kids too. They have it downstairs. They can open until Easter. You know what I mean? That's okay. okay. So anyway, and you can make homemade chocolate too. You can make the formal eggs. You can do that too. It's not a problem. But anyway, that's one thing for uh, Easter. You have the, it's, called uovo, it's called uovo di, uovo di Pasqua. Uovo di Pasqua. So that's the Easter egg. Yeah, Bobby's eggs. So Pasqua is. So I'm curious, like, you know, do do the eggs have anything inside of them or are they just chocolate on the outside? I just said that. They all come with a little surprise. A a little little, surprise. It could be like a a little keychain, you know what I mean? Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Like that. Like like a box of Cracker Jacks in America. You get a a prize with everything you buy. Okay. All right. Gotcha. Okay. So right. that is one thing. Then, of course, the second thing for adult, for us, it's la colomba. It's a la colomba, okay. Colomba. colomba is dove, you know, the bird dove. So yeah. it's a symbol. It's really important. Uh, I so when so you say colomba again, it means dove? Dove. So Dio. it's like the dove. Okay, so it's like the, the Christian dove. That yes. we'll see. Okay, yes. got Colombo. All right, Thank all right, you. gotcha. I'd like to have you, Michelle, to translate it, what I'm trying to say. Thank you, Tony. All right, all right, <laughs> all, right, all, right, all, right. all right. I just want to make sure. I'm trying to understand this stuff because, you know, sometimes know. you talk funny, you know. I'm the, I, don't I worry about it, you know. I have the accent here. I talk funny. Anyway. And you got an accent? I never noticed. <laughs> Leave me alone. Let me tell you about the Colombo. All right, tell us about the Colombo. So you remember, last year we were talking about this, and I give you the recipe how to homemade too. It yeah, was so yeah, fun, yeah. you know that one too. But anyway, that is not the type of uh, dessert. It's look at like um panettone, you know panettone yeah. at Christmas time. 
It's like that only is the dove form and you have a, a priester. So that is one. The other one that I, I tried when I was really young, the other type of dessert, I picked some of them, okay? Because that's so many traditional things. Right, they would right. be all time of the show you'd be talking about those. So right, I right. picked the one that really, um, I oh, tried. Before you move on from Columba, mm-hmm. um, but they don't just do Columba. So one of the things about Columba that you forgot to tell the people is, is that it? it's shaped like, like, like a cross. Yeah. yeah. So you have like the dough, you have these special pans that mm-hmm. are shaped like, like a cross. Like, you put the dough in the pans and so then they rise in the pans. So you have bread. It's basically like bread shaped like a cross. But my question is, are these sweet? Are these salty? I, I'm seeing a picture of them with like sprinkles on top. What's, is it, is it sugar or is it salt on top? No, no, sugar. Because you put almonds on top too, some almonds, and then you put some sugar, like crumbs of sugar. So it's sweet, really sweet. Sorry, when I talk about panettone, I think everybody try. Yeah. I think you know what I'm talking about when one could be people that don't know. You're right. So it's really sweet. Um, it's a plain, it doesn't have too much of flavor. It's really simple. I, that's what I like. Well, it's, like it's kind of like a panettone. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. for Christmas, but it's shaped like a cross. Shape of different. And because it's, that way they do it for Easter. Okay, all right. To be uh, shaped like a dove, but you look like a cross too. So I have two oh, things. I see. So it's supposed to be a dove. That's right. That's yeah. why the, the sides of the cross are so big. Those are actually wings. All right. right. I got you. I hear you. All right. Okay. The next one, and this one too, is from Napoli. Okay, they call Casatiello right. Casatiello Napoletano. Okay, let me see that. Casatiello Napoletano. Good job. Yeah. But what does it mean? What does that mean? Uh, well, it's a type of a cake, a dessert. This one All too. Right. Okay, and it's really this. I think it's um. I tried when I was younger, when I was little, and I love it because instead to be sweet. It's more salty because ah, gotcha. then you make the dough, the pasta, and they add uh, provolone, provolone cheese. Um, oh, really? Wow. I mean, they put a lot that of... That sounds pretty pizza. good. I know. Almost, and, almost like a cross between a soft pretzel and a pizza, you know? Exactly. Well, and they keep wrap it up with a dough, and they keep adding cheese and whatever they put inside. It's a lot. A lot of things. I mean, it's unbelievable. And they make this round thing form, and through the the pastry, they put four eggs. Okay? Gotcha. Gotcha. Right. And you can see in the picture, if you look at it, you can see the eggs wrap around with the pastry, with the dough. So it was unique. You don't... Uh, if I always eat the dessert, okay? I didn't try with the, the eggs, but things, you know, they're like boiled eggs. That's what I'm thinking. So anyway, you make it like a cake, and when you cut it, it tastes like um, salty uh, pastry. It's really wow. unique. Wow. I love it. It was I was really young. It sounds, like, I'm getting hungry. Just listen to your talk. Well, I got to tell you, folks, there you go. There are your Easter treats. On our food segment with the Italian radio show for this week, Easter week. And I got that. I'm going to go out like, I, I, especially the last one. I'm going to go out right now and see if I can find one of those. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, now, Marcia, you know, uh, it's time, you know, for our artist of the week. And this gives me a good chance while we're playing the music. I can go out and get some of that last dessert you had there, you know, with uh, mm-hmm. 
the bread and the cheese and the whole thing. It sounds so good. Casa Tiello, Casa Tiello. Exactly, exactly, okay? So, you know, because this is our, you know, our Easter show for 2021 here, um, this is a great time for us to play uh, one of my very favorite recordings, um, which kind of is one of these songs that transcends all religions because of just the way the song is written, whatever you believe in, whether you believe in Jesus and God or whether you believe in something else, the song is the prayer uh, recorded, of course, originally by Andre Bocelli, Salid Dion. It was, in fact, one of the songs, it was the song, it was the song really that uh, launched Andre Bocelli's career back many, many years ago. Um, and you know, I, I you, you being the age I am, I remember that. I remember that Celine Dion had just won the Grammy Award for the best song of the year because she did the song for the the Titanic, the lead song for the Titanic. That like won this this huge award, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so then the very next thing that they recorded and released was she and Andrea Bocelli singing the prayer. No one knew Andre Bocelli. We all knew Celine Dion, so we listened to it. And I may have got played. And here's a song that's like almost a pop classical song that was played on all the top 40 stations, launched history, made a big hit, and the song is so beautiful, something very, very appropriate for our Easter season. Here you go, folks. The song, The Prayer, with Andre Bocelli and Celine Dion. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas. And we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Tito'sVodka.com. Hey, Dad, thanks for helping me cook this Italian meal. we got to pass down our family recipes. Your food is always so good. What's the secret? Having the best authentic ingredients, like the Cicernio sausage, for instance. Fresh cuts of meat with no preservatives. I remember what my friend Frank Cicernio said. All natural Italian sausages to make the perfect Italian meal. No wonder it tastes so good. Available in major supermarkets up and down the West Coast. Cicernio sausage. Visit Cicernio.com for recipes or to find a store near you. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas, and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. We're still cooking in a pot still, working with our dogs by our sides, having fun and tasting batches, and I'm still wearing the same hat even after all these years. Head over to titosvodka.com to learn more about what else we're doing the same. Cheers. 80-proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas, titosvodka.com. And we're back with more West Coast Italian Radio. Now, you know, Marcia, today's show we're talking everything about Easter because, you know, it's Easter week here. Um, and, you know, when you, when you come to Easter, if you're born Italian, you're going to be automatically a Catholic, right? I mean, okay. come on. Every yeah. Italian that I know, especially those from Italy, much less most of the Italian Americans, Italians are Catholic. That's just it. Now, when you practice Catholic, you know, Catholicism, whether you you know you you're a devout Catholic, but you're still born. If you're Italian, you're born Catholic, right? Right. So here we are, Easter week. We're talking about all this stuff, but you know, I got to tell you, there's some crazy rules, some crazy rules for Italian Catholics. Okay, so. To, to really emphasize this, today we got some clips um, from some friends of ours with the Catholic talk show, okay? We got Father Richard Pagano, 
We got, um, I mean, these are Italian guys. We got Richard, Richard Pagano, who's a priest. We got Ryan Della Croce, and he's like almost a priest, okay? Then okay. we got Ryan Scheel, and these guys, you know, are going to talk to us a little bit uh, about these crazy rules for Italian Catholics. I mean, you know, okay. I mean, we already know some of the stuff, like you can't eat, you know, meat on Fridays during Lent. Those type, but but no, this stuff that they got for us, trust me, baby, this is way over the top. All right, so let's listen to our first rule right now uh, that they have for uh, if, if you're an Italian Catholic, especially here during the Easter season. There are only seven women in the world who are allowed to wear white when meeting the Pope, hmm. and my mother's not one of them. Is it mm. before you start? Is there a traditional? color you there wear is. when you meet the Pope? The, so when you meet the Pope, um, women wear all black garments when meeting the Pope. They have to uh, really have a, a level of uh, modesty, that, uh, no exposed shoulders. Yeah. The dresses have to be a certain length. Um, they have to wear a black mantilla. Hmm. Men are expected to wear a dark-colored suit with a dark tie. Um, so anyway, so the seven women in the world who are allowed to wear white, it's called the Privilege du Blanc. Mm. And it's a privilege, meaning that they do not have to wear black when meeting the Pope, and they get the privilege of wearing the white, which is, you know, in Catholic symbology is a, a symbol of purity. And that is given by the Pope to reigning Catholic princesses or queens. Mm. They are the only ones who are allowed to wear it. Are there any more princesses out there? Oh, anymore? yeah. There is. Really? So basically, that if you were the, if you are a female Catholic monarch, you're allowed to wear white while meeting the Pope. So Queen Sophia of Spain, uh, she's the, her husband ascended to the throne in 1975. She's allowed to wear white when meeting the Pope. Uh, and actually the, the Queen of Spain was the first one to get the privilege de Blanc, um, back in, you know, 1400s. 16th. Oh, 1400s. Right. Uh, 16th. Queen Paola of the Belgians, she's allowed to wear it. Is this more like, Tradition, or yes. is it really a privilege? It's a privilege because there's only women who are Catholic female monarchs are allowed to wear it. Hmm. Uh, Maria Theresa, the Duchess of Luxembourg, the Princess of Monaco, the uh, Queen of Belgium, Queen Letizia of Spain, the Princess of Naples. <laughs> so there's one Catholic monarch who's not allowed to wear white because that's uh, Queen Maxima of the Netherlands, and she's a Catholic monarch. So what's the what's the deal on that? Well, she married uh, Willem Alexander, the king of the Netherlands, but he is a Protestant. Ah. So since they do not have a Catholic Catholic marriage, religion. they have a disparity, a cultus of disparity. Mm. She is not allowed to wear white. So those are the only seven women in the world who are allowed to wear white when meeting the Pope. All right, so Marcy, I mean, right now I can tell you, just looking at you here, because you know you're wearing kind of this white outfit with your shoulders bared. The Pope, no way the Pope was going to look at you. I mean, he's not going to see you. Forget about it. You're going to, you, you know, it's, it's, it, it's, yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, now, of course, they say if you're a reigning, if you're a reigning Italian monarch, so, I know. You know, we'd have to make you the queen of That's West right. Coast Italian radio, or you'd be the queen of, of, of the Italian radio in you Palm read? Springs or something, you know? Now read this. Okay. No, I was trying to show you my water cup. It say Queen B. Yes, I can be the queen. Queen B. Queen B. All right. All right. All right. 
Well, well I'm trying to so. say this. It's really funny, but it's true. It's like going to church. When you go in church in Italy, even if you go like a tourist, you have to watch out. You cannot go inside like a summertime, shirt pants, a tank top. You be kicked out. You have to cover your shoulder. You have to cover your knee. Same things when you go to church. Exactly the same well, thing. Well, you know, and, and I kind of like that because, I, you know, I think it's respectful personally. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I hate going to church. You see some guy right. standing next to you is wearing like a T-shirt and holy jeans, right? Or, you right. know, some guy is wearing like a golf, golfing shorts and sandals. He looks like he's, you know, going to go to the beach. I mean, you know, I, I think right. you should. I mean, Frank Sinatra, Frank Sinatra said it the best. You can never be overdressed, right? right. Um but I think, you know, you should dress up respectfully to go to exactly. church, you know. I understand and, you know, that. And, and, you know, I mean, this stuff they do in terms of visiting the Pope. I don't care if you're the president of the United States, who you are. No. You got, you know, the president, first lady, they got to follow these rules, too, you know. I don't like the part, by, by the way, the one is say, the only person can dress white, like I say, you have to be a queen, a monarch, you know what I mean? You're going to be the queen of Italian radio, okay? Uh, that so is now, more right. <laughs> but you know what I tell you, okay? Here's the next one. This is about the only people who can actually ride a horse inside of St. Peter's Catholic Church in Rome. Here you go. I would love to process in for Mass, you know, with one of the ancient hymns being sung, like, on top of a horse. You know what I mean? Like, hop off the horse and go celebrate Mass. So there is... That's liturgically horrible. But anyways. <laughs> it's a procession! <laughs> it's a procession. So there is five orders of papal knighthood. There's five of them. These now these are going back, you know, centuries, right? Mm-hmm. Um, three of these specific papal orders of knights are allowed as part of their, you know, charter to ride a horse in the St. Peter's. Yeah. So the the no. order of no. St. Sylvester and the papal order of St. Gregory the Great, they are allowed. Now these are honorific titles. They're not out there with you know sword and smote and dragons <laughs> like St. George, my oh, patron. Oh, I love St. George. That's yeah. Ryan George. That's my middle name. I didn't know that. That's, That's awesome. true. Uh, so it's completely honorific, and it doesn't really come with any responsibilities. Um, but one of the things that it does allow you to do is, and this is directly out of um, the, the charter, it's, uh, the members have no privileges beyond wearing a decoration which consists of a gold enameled cross with the image of St. Sylvester on one side and the other side of the inscription, and they are allowed to enter St. Peter's on horseback with a saber. So I don't know, Mark. I mean, you know, for me that it, it, it would be cool. I mean, you know, I'm a fourth degree knight of Columbus. Although I don't think that matters squat, like you know, St. Peter's. Um, like I don't even think like our grand knight or our supreme knight could ride a horse in the St. Peter's. Right. Um, which is a little bit weird because you know you are riding a horse in the church. But if you've been in the St. Peter's, it's like it's huge in there. It's yeah. like, I mean like the size of a stadium. You know. Right. So technically speaking, I could see if they're doing like, you know, really special, big regalia type of things. You know, they got these dudes dressed up like knights with the swords and everything, mm-hmm. and they're riding the horses in. And it sounds pretty cool. I mean, you know, as the whole thing goes. I don't have nothing to say. No comments. I like it. <laughs> the idea is really good. It's unique. Um, unique. It's history. They've been doing that for a long time. They've doing, you, yeah, they've been doing like for since like the fifth century, you know? Right. If you see this church, we are not talking about here in the States, small, no, no, it's huge. I mean, the doors are like, you can come three horses online. You know what I mean? They're really big. So I can see that coming. It's, I think it's beautiful. I never saw it in my life though. I wish, you know, that I went there to see that. 
Well, the last, the last segment, the last thing what we are talking about here in our guest segment, uh, you know, about is about the Swiss Guard. Okay, now you know it's very very well known that it's the Swiss Guard who protects the Pope. Right. Now, trust me, it's not Italians. It's not the American seals or you know the Green Berets or the French Foreign Legions or it's right. the Swiss Guard. Okay, right. so yeah. it's very interesting as to why it's the Swiss Guard, uh, and also like all the rules you got to follow. You know, if you want to be in the Swiss Guard and you know and, and guarding the Pope. So let's listen to this one. This is quite interesting. Yeah, so yeah, here's the requirements: you have to be a male. They don't they don't have female Swiss Guard. Okay. You have to be Roman Catholic. Yeah. Okay. Of the Latin That's right. obvious. Yeah. You must be a citizen of Switzerland. Yeah. We're Hence all out. the name Swiss, Swiss Guard. You got any inter- Can interesting, I appeal for like interesting that? information here? Because, I mean, all that's yeah, just pretty become obvious. a dual citizen. Man. You have to be at least 1.7 meters tall, which is about 5 foot 7 and a half. Oh, so I got that covered. 6 foot yeah. 1. Yeah. Most people do. Yeah. I got a Swiss Army knife. Does that count for anything? No. no. You must be between the ages of 19 and 30. Okay. I'm I'm done. However, if you're, you're a re- done. if you're a retired guard over the age of thirty and in an, in an emergency situation, you could be redrafted if you were a former guard if you're over thirty. Hmm. You must be single. Yeah. That makes sense. However, if the guard is over twenty five years of age, he can get married while in the Swiss Guard, but not prior. So you have to be single when you enter. So if you enter at nineteen, once you hit twenty five, you can get married as a Swiss Guard. But the Swiss Guard, you know, the Swiss have traditionally been neutral. Yep, right. neutral country, yeah. But they're a neutral Catholic country. And because of that, the, the Pope was able to trust uh, the Swiss as personal protectors of himself because they wouldn't have a political, mm. you know, they wouldn't be supporting this candidate for the Holy Roman Emperor against, you know, yeah. this king of France or whatever. They were they were only dedicated to the protection of the Holy Father. Mm. There was a... How, lo- what's, how long ago did they... Start. Been around at least 500 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, wow. Da Vinci himself decorated or designed their uniforms. That's cool. So, Marcy, you know, I guess that, you know, there's no way you could be a Swiss guard. I mean, part of the fact that you're Italian, you're not Swiss, although I know you're you're up there north, so you're almost Swiss. I mean, okay. you know, it's been questionable there. Um, you're, you're female, because they're, they're, they're not really progressive in the Catholic Church. I know they're high. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, when it, when it comes to male-female stuff, they're still pretty much kind of all separated yeah. Keep out. Going. Right? Keep going. And, uh, you know, you're not, like, big enough, you, you know, now, you know. Yeah. Although your husband matches everything, I mean, you know, and Jeff, I mean, come on, we love Jeff. I mean, he's like our personal bodyguard for the show. I but mean, and with his back, military background, he'd be a great Swiss guard, although he's not Swiss. It's no single. Now, Can we specify that? It's no single. You know, the thing is, you got to be Swiss because they figure the Swiss are neutral. Remember, right. the Swiss are always neutral. They don't take anybody's sides in anything. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's okay. like... Okay, uh, we lost the position. What about you? What do you think? You're a little bit you know, I mean, what can I tell you? You know, I mean, uh, I can see all the reasons for this. Mm-hmm. But, of course, you got to remember, they stored this stuff like, yeah, what do they say, 500 years ago because Da Vinci was the guy who, like, designed their costumes. Right. And like everything else, things evolve. Things mm-hmm. evolve. So, you know, maybe today they ought to rethink it a little bit. You know, I don't know, you know, may broaden it a little bit more. I don't know how neutral the French really are. I mean, in recent years, there's been a lot of controversy about that with the banks, the money, everything else. But, you know, it is what it is. So, folks, there you go. 
That's your guest segment for today's show, The Crazy Rules for Italian Catholics. Mamma mia. All right, we're going to be right back with a lot more West Coast Italian Radio right after this quick word from our sponsors. Don't go away. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. The owner of a local liquor store told me to forget the flavors, so I make only vodka-flavored vodka, smooth and gluten-free. 80-proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Tito'sVodka.com. Hey, Dad, thanks for helping me cook this Italian meal. we got to pass down our family recipes. Your food is always so good. What's the secret? Having the best authentic ingredients, like the Cicernio sausage, for instance. Fresh cuts of meat with no preservatives. I remember what my friend Frank Cicernio said. All natural Italian sausages to make the perfect Italian meal. No wonder it tastes so good. Available in major supermarkets up and down the West Coast. Cicernio sausage. Visit Cicernio.com for recipes or to find a store near you. Pacific Food Importers has been distributing Mediterranean food products in the greater Seattle area since 1971. Beginning as an olive import company, PFI has evolved into a well-known wholesale food distributor in the Pacific Northwest, servicing restaurants, grocers, manufacturers, and caterers. Family-owned and operated, PFI stocks a wide variety of cured meats, specialty cheeses from around the world, and a vast range of Mediterranean products. PFI's service area includes the greater Puget Sound region and Portland, Oregon. Situated in North Kent, PFI has a central location allowing for efficient service and delivery, as well as convenient will-call pickups for established customers in Seattle. Pacific Food Importers Incorporated is committed to providing quality products at competitive prices to the food service industry of the Pacific Northwest. Visit PacificFoodImporters.com for more information or to contact us. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. When I got into this business, I used to make flavored vodka infusions for my friends as gifts. When I started to make a go of it, the owner of a local liquor store showed me the dust on some flavored vodka bottles that sat on the shelves. He said, if you can make a straight vodka so smooth that you could drink it just by itself, then you'd really have something. So I did. And now all these years later, we still only make one flavor, vodka flavored vodka. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Tito'sVodka.com. And so, folks, in keeping with our Easter theme, we're going to do the Ave Maria by Schubert as our song of the week, performed by your humble host, Mr. Tony Lestella, and his great band, the Goombas.
Well, of course, now, Marzia, it's time for our Italian phrases. I mean, you know, our show would not be complete without your sharing with us some great Italian phrases, especially those that, um, you know, are associated with Easter. So um, what do you got for us this week? So let's start it. And make right. sure to learn the Italian. It's really important. All right? All right. All right. Okay. The first one. Sospesa la celebrazione della Santa Pasqua in Vaticano per l'assenza ingiustificata del Cardinale Martini. Il Papa esclama, no Martini, no pari. All right. So basically what she's saying is the celebration of Easter in the Vatican was suspended due to the unjustified absence of Cardinal Martini. Mm-hmm. Pope exclaimed, no Martini, no party. That should be our theme song for this show. No martini, no party. I love it. I, you know, God bless him. All right, let's go on to the next one. I'm glad I find that one for you. Oggi è Pasqua. Spero possa risorgere anche il cervello di qualcuno. All right, translated. Today is Easter. I hope some people's brains can also be resurrected. I, I, I feel that way a lot, especially when I'm driving on these freeways around here and I see these morons in front of me. But that's another story. Another story. No, we'll keep going. All right. And your okay. next one. Then I said this. Perché non mangi carne? Which e is, why oh, don't you eat meat? Let's start again. Let's do it right. Come All on, right. Tony. Let's be a little bit faster here, All okay? Perché non mangi carne? Perché non mangi carne? Okay. Why don't you eat meat? Because That's it's right. Friday, you moron. I don't oh, want to. Let me finish. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> you be ready for the second, okay? All right, all right, all right. Quaresima, seguo l'esempio di Gesù. Oh, it's Lent. I also follow the example of Jesus. E per Pasqua, che cavolo fai? Muori. And what the hell are you doing for Easter? Did you die and come back? I like that. I like that. Okay, so the three of them went together. I, I didn't mean to mess it up for you there, okay? But I like it a lot of how you did that. You know, that was pretty good, you know? I know. You're getting better. No disrespect meant to anybody out there, but, you know, mm-hmm. we got a lot of fun with this show. And, you know, you got to kind of have to have fun with us, whether you like it or not. So now, you know, we only have a couple more minutes here. Um, and I think, Marcia, we should talk about some Italian events. I know that there's not been a lot of events over the last year because of the COVID pandemic, but you know, things are starting to open up, things are starting to come back. So we got some great events uh, throughout some of our Western states. So being we are the West Coast Italian radio show, we're going to tell you about some of these events right now. Okay. So first of all, starting on May 15th, uh, this is Saturday, May 15th, 4 to 7, there's an event called Old School Italian, which starts at Angelo's Italian Restaurant and Pizzeria in Alhambra, California. And basically, it's one where we started the one Italian restaurant, and you're going to go from restaurant to restaurant, different Italian restaurants, comparing different food. And it sounds like you're going to get a different course at each of the Italian restaurants. Sounds like a lot of fun. I've done those events before, and they're always a blast, okay? That one, I like that, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, then June 6th, from 9 to 11 a.m., they have a thing called the 100th Statuto Race. This is at the San Francisco Italian Athletic Club, uh, and it's sponsored by a Make-A-Wish 
make a wish of the Greater Bay Area, which is the official partner for this. And it's all to raise money to, you know, to help uh, change the life and help children who are critically ill. So it's a very good event, folks, to uh, support and to get behind, okay? June 25th, they have the Portland Festa Italiana. This takes place at the Oaks Amusement Park, Portland, Oregon. Uh, since 1992, basically, the Italian-Americans in Portland have been celebrating you know, their Italian festival, they got all kinds of booths there, they got live entertainment, of, you know, great dancing, children activity, great fun for all ages, sounds like a blast, make sure you check that out if you're up in that area. Likewise, on Saturday, August 21st to Sunday, August 22nd, the San Jose Italian Family Festa taking place in the historic San Jose region, uh, the Pacific Hotel building specifically there. Italian events showcasing main stage, great wines in their wine garden, and Italian cultural, again, fun for the whole family. September 10th, we have Festa Italiana, the Fisherman's Festival. This is at in Monterey. I love Monterey. Got lots of friends down there with the Sons of Italy. Come and celebrate in Monterey with the Festa Italia Fisherman's Festival. Great entertainment, great Italian food and drink, and all kinds of stuff celebrating being Italian. Then we move up to Seattle. We had a couple of events in September. The San Gennaro Festival of Seattle taking place September 10th through September 12th. And, of course, the big one in Seattle, Festa Italiana at Seattle Center, taking place September 24th through September 26th. Last but not least, we got a couple down south again, the Los Angeles Italian Festival at Hollywood and Highland in L.A., it's a great place to go to taste, to hear, and experience the food, music, and culture of the Italian heritage in Los Angeles. And a big one every year for us is the El Dorado Festival in Reno, Nevada, taking place October 9th through October 10th. Great Italian festival. They literally turn all of downtown uh, Reno into Little Italy. You got to go down and check that out, folks. And <laughs> If something you guys miss up to hear it or you, don't, you didn't write it down, don't worry about it. We repeat this. Absolutely. And then we're going to put it on our website, too. So go, you go to our website, WCIR.biz. Check it out. Catch it there. Also, make sure you go there to check out our After Hours show, which is going to be over the top. you got to be 18 or older uh, by subscription only. But let me tell you, folks, we cover everything we cover in the regular show, but we don't have the FCC breathing down our backs. So we tell you what we really think. We got some special guests and stuff, and it's a blast. It's been a great time here with our first show, the ABC Radio Network on KMET 1490 AM in Palm Springs. My name is Tony LaStella, and we're going to be back next week with a brand new show for you right here. Ciao da Marzia Caputo. Ciao a tutti. A salute.